The church is living as the church is living because the church is not in a position to repent because we have done away with the teaching, the principle, the godly edict of having the convicting power of the Holy Spirit working in our hearts. It is amazing to me the things that people can do, the things that people get by with, the things that people blink their eyes at. The prophet Jeremiah said, they have become so accustomed to sin, they can no longer blush. Well, if you don't understand the convicting power of the Holy Spirit that leads you to a place of repentance, then you never enter into the goodness of God because it is the goodness of God that leads you into repentance. And there can be no repentance without the inward working of the Holy Spirit bringing conviction. Conviction is to your spirit what pain is to your body. It is not your enemy. Stop looking at people when they, by the Holy Spirit, point out something in your life and you bristle up and get angry and say, how dare you attempt to convict me? You don't know the difference in, or, or condemn me. You don't know the difference in condemnation and conviction. Conviction is to your spirit what pain is to your body. What does that mean? It means if you, if you didn't have the sensation of pain in your body, you would just go up and put your hand on a hot stove and burn yourself to death. Why? Well, there's no pain. Pain is an indication of an enemy. Pain is not the enemy. That's what's wrong when doctors prescribe a thousand pills a day to one, one patient in West Virginia. It's not really for them, it's to spread out so that we've got an opioid addiction in this nation that is murdering more people every day than the other top three combined. Why? We're trying to cover up pain. And can I tell you that there are casualties all across this room today, in Elkhart, Indiana today, watching me across America and around the world today. There are casualties of people who are attempting to mask pain, conviction, with a double dose of greasy grace, and so they believe a lie and they are damned. For you to say, well, I just don't believe that means absolutely nothing. It's not about what you believe, it's about what that book says. Well, I can, I can swear like a drunken sailor. What difference does that make? Jesus loves me, does he? When you directly disobey his word and it means nothing to you. There's no blushing, there's no sorrow. There's no conviction. Jonah says it all the time. I don't know how people can go through their lives and do what they do and not be miserable under the convicting power of God. It is because we have a backslidden pulpit that will not tell the truth. Okay, three of you. Meet me at the altar. Y'all want me to preach today or not? I'm feeling some resistance. Are you ready? Are you ready? Can, can I please have the time somewhere? Please, just anywhere would be great. Hold on, I wanna make sure I don't, you know, wear out your delicate sensibilities to time. Can't go anywhere else, might as well be at church. Thank you, that's not the way I asked for it. Okay, are you ready? First Kings chapter 18, verse 30. I wanna to talk to you a little bit about being altered by the altar. Say today, 
I surrender myself. I declare and decree I'm about to be altered by the altar. Change me, oh God. Make a new person out of me this very day. Let me not recognize myself when I look in my rearview mirror on the way home today. Transform me, rearrange me, change me, inundate me, fill me, talk to me, Jesus. And I give you the glory. First Kings chapter 18, verse 30, here it is. Elijah said to all the people, you remember it was Elijah that called down fire out of heaven upon the altar of God. That's where we're going, but we're not there yet. So that Elijah called down fire. I'm believing that this weekend, we're gonna get fire called down upon the altar, but we gotta get ready. Elijah, and all the people came near to him. Notice they were in agreement. No one was in disagreement. And all the people came near to him. I thought about some things that transpire at the altar. So without the altar, how do we expect for these things to take place? Let me give you, oh, I don't know, about 25 of them that the Holy Ghost gave me in less than five minutes of what is supposed to be happening at the altar. Number one, sacrifice. Don't shout me down now just cause I'm preaching good. Sacrifice. Question, what did you this week, yesterday or today put on the altar? First of all, you have to have one. Secondly, you have to go to it. Thirdly, you have to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you about what you need to leave on the altar. And some things I was sharing with some church folk yesterday. There's one thing in my life, and it, is, it isn't women. I've, I've got one, she's more than enough. in every way. She's my glory and I love her. And she wants me to say hello to you and to please pray for her because for the fourth time, she's going for surgery on her jaw this week. So please pray for her. The altar is a place of sacrifice. What does that mean? He's going to ask you for something that you don't want to leave there. Something that will cost you to leave it there. Something that you will have to use his word. You will have to use the Holy Spirit. You will have to use prayer enable to nail that thing to the altar. You're not shouting now. I remind you of the cross that angry, mean, cruel, biting beam upon which the Lamb of God became not only the sacrifice, but the high priest that offered it. That cross was an altar. Must Jesus bear, the old folk used to sing, the cross alone and all the world go free? No, 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 no. There's a cross for everyone and there's a cross for me. Did you understand why we need people? Tony and I have often said when we drove past Valor Christian College or at the other property, sometimes we feel like getting out of our car and climbing up on our hood and screaming, get out while you can. Because you're going to have to deal with people for the rest of your life. And if you got people, you got problems. Don't look at your neighbor now. Stop looking at your children. If you got people, you got problems because ain't none of us perfect. 
No, you're shouting now. You see, we are commanded to crucify our flesh daily. Where? At the altar. The first thing that has to get on the altar is you. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body and that includes your lying tongue, that includes your gossiping tongue, that includes your slanderous tongue, that includes your foul joke making, that includes profanity. That's why when we built our altars, we actually built them two story. Some churches don't have any altar. We have two story altars. We got room to get you in here and then we got room to get you in there. And the reason we made it so big, it's a long way down yonder. And the reason we did that is because we have some folk that really want to get their tongue on the altar. So we had to get it big and long and then we can fold it over and bring it back this way and maybe we can get yours on here. Your negative speaking, your contrary attitude, your snarky mouth, your smart aleck statements, your degrading and your backbiting and your tail bearing and your gossip and your negative speaking. God says to every one of us today, how do you lift your hands in praise and worship to me and not bring the things, the damnation that has exited from the ivory bars of your mouth in the last seven days and you worship and feel no conviction? I'll tell you how. You're dead. Some of you are bristling at me right now. Lots of you watching online, you're thinking about clicking on over to that preacher that never says sin, never says conviction, lets you drink as much as you want, however you want, wherever you want, that can't stay with his wife. You pop over there. Because I'm saying things that make you uncomfortable. So does pain. Do you want to embrace your pain or do you want to be delivered from your pain? Got one clap. I got one clap. That's what I got. No wonder I feel such resistance. How much complaining have you done this week? How much negative speaking have you done this week? Some of you are in a divorce situation and you have little children around you and they hear you talking about your spouse, which is their parent. It's quiet up in here. It's like, you feel it? The tongue above all members is unruly and difficult to tame. We put bits in horses' mouths to turn them about. We place rudders on the back of ships to move them in one direction or the other. But who, said your Bible, can tame the tongue. How speak we blessing and cursing from the same fountain? How do we bring forth bitter water and sweet from the same well? I hadn't intended, I just intended on mentioning this. But I, 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 I'm right where I need to be.
How do you expect your children to love God, to love God's people, to love God's church when all they hear is you speak negatively about it? Well, I just believe that, you know, I don't know if I believe that or not. You just fix them, they won't believe it. Well, I have a right. No, you don't. No dead person has a right. What are you talking about your right? You don't even know what rights are. You've listened to so much of a backslidden, demonized, secular press and backslidden preachers. You don't even know what a right is. Rights are God-given. Rights are inalienable. Those are rights. You have a right to nothing else. Preachers in pulpits saying, God, D-A-M-N, America. And people in pews shouting. No wonder our children are being trained to hate this nation. Do you think that's God's plan? To hate America? the greatest distributor of wealth to the rest of the world, the greatest distributor of the gospel the world has ever known. Your divisiveness your pride, your overwhelming sense of self-entitlement. No one owes you anything. You are not a victim. He was a victim on that angry, mean, biting, cruel beam. He took your sin and mine too. He became your sacrifice. He became your go-between. He became the savior, redeemer, healer, deliverer. You were dead in trespasses and sin and could not help yourself. This is the issue of what's being crammed down the throats of Americans. It is this, that everybody, everybody is a Christian, no matter how they live, no matter what they do, if they align with a thing that I like, I, if I hear one more time, you don't have any right to judge. I have a very simple question. Do you own a Bible? We're going to judge angels. We're going to judge men. That book says you know them by their fruit. Liars lie. That's what they do. Stay away from them. Gossip, gossipers gossip. That's what they do. Cheaters cheat. That's what they do. And if you look at the cheaters, their parents were cheaters too. Good God Almighty. I may not have much of a church left, but the one I do have will be on fire for God. Uh, uh, uh. We've so lowered our standards because of a corrupt culture a backslidden pulpit and a bankrupt educational system that what we're now shooting at used to be under our feet. Yeah, there are still preachers who preach like this. 
They can't be on the end, but. I'm concerned. I'm concerned that people can view pornography on Saturday night and walk in here and sing hallelujah, his blessings fall on me and feel no conviction. But some flimsy, half-hearted, conscience-soothing, I'm sorry, God. Sorry? God never asked you to be sorry. He's not your mommy and daddy that spoiled you. Here's what he demands, repentance, brokenness, a broken spirit and a contrite heart. God will not refuse. What does that mean? He hates your pride. He hates your entitlement. He hates your critical spirit. He hates your negative talking. He hates your hypocrisy. I'm gonna get to these two altars at some point. Two altars that are supposed to be active in your life every single day. Two altars that you're supposed to visit before you do anything else the moment your eyes pop open. I can tell you who's first in your life. What's the first thing you do when you wake up? You know what Americans have? Belly gods. First thought of the day, I gotta take care of my belly. And do you know why? Because that's what you're full of. You're full of natural things. If we'd get in the right posture, we'd wake up early without an alarm because our heart desired his presence so desperately that it wakes us up in the morning with a spiritual hunger that cannot be quenched with Cheerios. I'm just talking to you now. There are people that wake up all night long, wringing their hands. Now I would to God that they'd wake up all night long wringing their hands over the right thing. Like a vision of hell. An understanding that if their family members get a blood clot tonight and it goes to their brain and gives them a stroke and they never regain consciousness, they're going to spend eternity in a place where men never die the worm dies not. Men gnaw their tongues for pain. Where the fire is never quenched. I'm just quoting the Bible to you, young person. The real Bible, not the one your skinny jean wearing, backslidden, no relationship with God preacher is lying to you about. kind of world are we living in when preachers live in open adultery and get more members? I mean, somebody, y'all, has got to stand up. Somebody's got to make a difference. Somebody's got to stand in the gap. Somebody's got to make up the hedge. Somebody's got to bring us back to our moral senses. Wrong is wrong. It's not what you think about it. What are we doing? Right here. Slicing and dicing, 
with what is sexual immorality. Really? Well, the culture, the culture is hell. The culture is hell. The culture is devilish. The culture is demonic. The culture bases everything on a lie. So make sure you run out and try to act like it and try to be an incognito Christian. Hello? When people look at you, do they think you're a bartender or do they think you're a believer? Nobody has a right to tell me. He does. Uh, and he did. I want some people that cry out holiness unto the Lord. Now and forever. I want some people that lift up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. I want some people that live in forgiveness instead of bitterness. I want some folks that really understand what mercy is. Some people that understand what grace is. Go to that altar every morning. Ask him for grace to help you another day to live as he commanded you to live. And he's not doing it because he's some big, mean, angry God ready to throw lightning bolts at you. He's trying to get you out of death into life and you're too blind to see it. Stop making fun of your wife. Your wife's not your punching bag. I could say it this way, you're the knothead that married her. If she's all that bad, sure doesn't speak much of you. Boom. I'm, we're just having a little pastoral talk. Are you listening, Elkhart? And don't even get me on social media. Well, it's my opinion. I have a right to my opinion. No. <laughs> Excuse me. No, you don't. Ain't nobody gives a flying flip about your opinion. Any more than they do about your nose. Which everybody have one, just like opinions. And just like opinions, they're full of stuff ain't nobody wants to look at. Why don't you give them God's opinion? Why don't you speak of your brother, of your sister, as this book speaks of them? Why don't you attempt to get the 200 foot, eight feet around redwood out of your own eye before you go digging with your examining glass in somebody else's? Why don't you talk about you half as much to God as you talk to other people about other people. I didn't hear nothing. I didn't hear nothing. Some of you deciding right now, I ain't, I ain't going for that, I ain't coming back here. We need some preachers that say what needs to be said, when it needs to be said, to who it needs to be said, and then walk out and care less what the attendance is next week. 
That's what got us in this mess. I was raised up with pastors. I lived in pastors' homes. My parents talked about my pastor till I thought he was Roy Rogers and Superman all in a J.C. Penny suit. They had to beat me off the preacher's leg. Why am I walking like this? Because I used to wrap my arms and legs around my pastor while he was shaking hands with the 50 people that were in church that day. And he just pat me on the head. But we lived right. We were too poor to pay attention, but we didn't go burn anybody's house down because of it. We planted and hoed and cultivated and harvested and canned our own beans and taters. And it wasn't our neighbor's fault and it wasn't the government's fault and it wasn't our boss's fault and it sure enough wasn't God's fault. I don't think people have ever heard such. I don't think they have. My preacher didn't try to teach me to be as close to the culture as I could get and still make it by the skin of my nose into heaven. How pathetic. This isn't a spiritual country club. I wrote it down. I'm going to find it. I got somebody's Bible. Preaches pretty good. I'm going to find this. My Christianity, my Christianity is not a system of good works to soothe my conscience. I'm going to go real slow, but it won't take me long. My Christianity is not a system of good works, but of a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Without personal relationship, listen to me now, I am just a member of some social society or country club. I am just a member in good standing at the local fraternal order of the Elks or the local Moose Lodge. Just a brother, just a sister of some fraternity or sorority with a cross stuck on top. Listen, friend, I am not in this and neither should you be for some spiritual guru of self-help philosophy to allow me entrance into some personality cult or pseudo-spiritual boys club. I don't want to be granted acceptance into another religious society or modern church hipster club. No, sir. I said no, sir. No, ma'am. I am a member of the family of God. I have been adopted. Hey, that's something to an orphan.
I'm a member of the living, life-giving church of Jesus Christ, and we did not come on the scene to take sides. We came to take over. My brothers and sisters, we have come to rout the enemy, to establish the borders of his kingdom, to shout, thy kingdom come, thy will be done here, now, as it is in heaven. I refuse to allow the living Christ to be God in name only at my convenience. He is not some abstract idea that I attempt to use to become a better person. God never called you to be a better person. He never called you to try harder. He called you to be a new creature in Christ Jesus and to crucify your flesh daily. Did you ever look at a crucifixion? If you haven't, might want to think about getting a copy of my book, The Cross, One Man, One Tree, One Friday. I show you a crucifixion. Folks say, what would Jesus do? He'd be crucified. We want a resurrection with no Calvary. We want Holy Ghost power without Gethsemane. We are frauds and we are foolish. When I neglect the altar of incense, the altar of devotion, I say my works are good enough. That's all I have to do. And so we attempt to come to the altar of incense and devotion and lay upon it works. How could God let this happen to me? I mean, I'm holy. Are you? Holy means sanctified. Holy means set apart. Why do you hate it so much? Are you sanctified? Have you come out from among them? Your Bible says he that keeps company with fools becomes the casualty of his own neglect. Stay away from fools. Stop thinking that one good apple in a barrel of rotten apples is gonna change the rotten ones to good. You're smart enough and wide enough between the eyes to know that's not how it works. Put one good apple in a barrel of bad apples, the bad apples won't change, but the good one will. If I attempt to place on the altar of incense and devotion, The sacrifices meant for the altar of sacrifice and service. Are you following me? Two altars, incense and devotion. 
sacrifice, and service. If I attempt to come to the altar of incense and devotion and place upon it the sacrifices of sacrifice and service, your Bible calls that strange fire. What am I talking about? Attempting to come to the altar of incense, consecration, devotion, sanctification, and tell God all the stuff you did for him. What? I'm the worship leader at one of the great churches of the world. I, I play organ to increase Dr. Parsley's anointing. Wrong altar. I serve in Kid Harvest and complain about it most of the time. Oh God, hear my prayer. Watch, I love this one. Look at all I've given up for you. You pseudo-martyr, what have you given up for him? Place it next to his cross and then talk to me of your sacrifice. That's polluted. It's wonderful for the altar of sacrifice and service but it has no place on the altar of incense and devotion. Would you like to know what sacrifices to bring to which altar? Because to bring the wrong one to the wrong altar is an abomination. Do this for me, God. I believe you to do this for me because look what I've done for you. What must that sound like in heaven? Look at all the souls I brought to you, Jesus. Do you know what the Bible calls that? Your reasonable service. People, people amaze me in this generation who always want a reward for doing what they should be doing. Well, I'm not a drunk. Okay, here's your badge. Well, I'm not an adulterer. Well, let me bow down. has Christianity become? I don't understand. All to Jesus, I surrender. All to him, I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence, daily live. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count but loss. I pour contempt on all my pride. Are you really saved? Like for real? How passionate are you? How driven are you? How I got to get to Jesus are you? We live in a generation 
where you have to beg people to come to church. You have to send 22 emails and they better have the coolest graphics on them. I used to preach this way. I used to say what I'd like to do is build a 12 inch, a 12 foot barbed wire fence around this place and dare you to try to get in. And the ones that would scale that fence would be his. Christianity, oh boy, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, let me run a risk here. Christianity is not about you. It's all right. Well, what do you mean? I thought it was for me to get saved. I thought it was for me to go to heaven. I thought it was for me to be prospered. I thought it was for me to be healed. I thought it was for me to be happy. God never called you to be happy. He's a jealous God. Here's where he wants you to find your happiness. Here's where he wants you to find your fulfillment. Here's where he wants you to find your future. He wants to be your all in all or he will not be at all. It's about him. Your salvation is about bringing him his reward. You're it. I'm just messed up. Here at the altar, where I run to rest, where I wait resurrection and the touch of your breath, I die now daily because I've learned to live in the grace that belongs to all who are born again. <laughs> Here at the table where children are fed, we are filled with the mercy of the lamb and the bread. I die now daily because I've learned to live in the grace that belongs to all who are born again. I am cleansed, I am washed, I am sanctified, I'm a Holy Ghost filled, I've been water baptized and I am right with my God for all time, because Jesus, my Savior, is alive. Give him praise. Give him glory. At the altar of incense, I'm reminded who and what I am apart from his mercy and separated from his grace. And that without him, I could do nothing. Without him, I'd surely fail. Without him, I would be drifting like a ship without a sail. Jesus, oh Jesus, do you know him? Today, please don't turn him away, oh Jesus. My Jesus, without him, how lost by noon of every day when I did not begin my day here would I be. Why do I do the things I do? Why do I say the things I say? Why does my heart desire things it should never desire? Because you're captive. You're captive. Your spirit is captive. Because your flesh 
is overriding it. Because you didn't come here this morning and leave it there. Leave your bitterness there. Leave your hurt there. Leave your disappointment there. Leave your sorrow there. Leave your desires apart from his word. Take them all to the altar. Leave them there. Leave them there. Your future. Leave it there. Father, I know that the morning belongs to you. The morning belongs to the church. The morning belongs to the redeemed of the Lord. From the rising of the sun where I begin at the altar with a heartfelt plea and prayer to the going down of the same when I lift up holy hands kept through the day by your amazing grace and offer you my heartfelt praise. In every moment in between, Jesus, be Lord of all, all the kingdoms of our hearts. Amen. Amen. In the morning when I rise, give me Jesus. You know it? In the morning when I rise, give me Jesus. That's it. That's it. In the morning when I rise, give me Jesus. And when I come to die, give me Jesus. Your Bible says for you to awaken because of trouble. It should never happen. For you to awaken and have such a hunger for his presence, you can't do anything else but get to it. That's his plan. And when you find yourself there in the morning, what would Jesus do? Well, the gospel record says, he, Jesus, rose up a great while before day and sought a solitary place without his phone. And there he prayed. When's the last time you watched the sun break meridian horizon and saffron and silver turn blue and then bright. Your Bible commands us to meet him at the altar. Bible college student who arrange your schedules so you don't have a class before 10. You missed him. He waits for us 
at the altar of incense. He's waiting there. Won't you meet him? Try it. Try it for one week. One week. Try it. Stop getting up by your secular calendar of what time you've got to get yourself to work, brush your teeth with a Hershey bar, and comb your hair with a wagon wheel, show up looking like something the cats drug in the dogs wouldn't have. Just drag yourself in at the last minute. How pitiful. How pitiful. Well, I can't get up that early. Here's a thought. Go to bed. It's dark at 5.30. Why are you staring at a clock at 1 a.m.? No, you're not staring at a clock. You're staring at this. Do you know that it is a proven fact that 92% of people that look at their social media before they go to bed are depressed? Because you sit there and you compare yourself to everybody else's fake life with 42 airbrushed pictures. Like, really? That's not real, people. That's not real. Everybody else is fighting the same devils you are. Anybody whose kids are perfect, shout now. Yeah, that's what I thought. Anybody that's still not fighting sickness and disease on occasion, shout now. Anybody that hasn't had a cup of sorrow to drink, shout now. Anybody that hasn't eaten the carpet at night with tears staining the ground, shout now. This is the kingdom of God. It's not a recreation room. You were built for this battle. Quit cowering in fear. Do what Jacob did. Do what Isaac did. Do what Abraham did. Do what David did. Do what Moses did. Do what Jesus did. Get yourself an altar and watch the sun rise on the horizon and then shout, this is the day that the Lord has made. Get up and shout. In the morning when I rise, give me Jesus. I'm about drunk. Everybody just do this. Say, Jesus, right now. I surrender. Now look at me. I only shared a little bit of the first one. I have 25. About what's waiting for you here. One of the things that is waiting for you here is the altar is the place of covenant. This is where you make covenant with him. Ah! And he, in fiery presence, comes and makes covenant with you. He says here, if you will, I will. Seek me early, and I'll be found with you. Don't allow your day to become chaos before you've been to Christ. Here you'll find strength for the day. Here you'll find wisdom. Here you'll find grace to help in time of need. Why won't people pray?
covenant. You want to know the power of the altar? I'll tell you another thing that happens at the altar. I performed a lot of them. People get married at an altar. I have a question for you. You ever hear of a divorce happening at an altar? No, no divorces there. Healing, reconciliation, forgiveness, mercy, hope, help. Nobody ever brings their divorce papers to the altar. Wonder why. Covenants are made there. Let's make one today. Let's make one that we're going to get up when the day begins at dawn. You can go back to bed. Get up. Find yourself a solitary place. They're not hard to find. Everybody's in COVID. You, you could go to the grocery store. And find a secluded place. Four things to do there. I don't, I'm not talking about time. I don't care if it's 15 minutes. Because if you do 15 minutes before long, you'll have to set your alarm to go to work from the altar, not from bed. You will. You will. So what are we going to do there? We're going to pray. We're going to worship. Get yourself a good Harvest Music Live worship song. Put it on your phone. And when it's time to worship, worship. So we're going to pray. We're going to worship. We are going to read Psalms in the morning and Proverbs at night. No, Proverbs in the morning for wisdom, Psalms at night for comfort. I don't care if you only read one. Open the book. And fourth, receive Holy Communion every day. Your tongue when the first thing that happens to it in the day is it gets washed with the blood of Jesus? Yeah, that'll make a difference for you. So I've shared this now, this is the fourth week. Why don't you just take personal inventory? How, how you doing with it? It doesn't do me any good. I, I told the team this past week, I said, you know, there are times when I preach kind of what I want to, you know? I just, you know, feel personally that certain things would be good. There are other times when God says, do this and do it now. This is one of those times. This, this isn't a marketing plan. This isn't a, it doesn't have anything to do with that. It has to do with my heart crying out to God so that your heart will begin to cry out to God for God to heal your family, heal your mind, heal your emotions, heal your body, put your home back together, give you hope, bless your business. So let's, those of you that will, every head bowed and every eye closed, I want you lying in front of your brothers and sisters now. Come on. This is just you and God, you and God. I want to see the uplifted hands, both hands of every person who will covenant with me at this altar. Elkhart, those of you online, will covenant with me to watch the day dawn, pray, worship, read the word, and receive Holy Communion 
before you do anything else in the day. If you will do that, if you will covenant, this is a covenant. Covenant between you and God, covenant between you and me. Pastor, I'll do it. I'll make every attempt to do it. On three, raise your hands. One, two, three. Now, Father, you see us at the place of surrender, at the place of commitment, at the place of covenant. And we ask you in Jesus' name, give us the strength to do it. Because I know, Father, that when we do, we'll never stop. Now, Father, bless your people. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth now as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And let us not fall into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Father, lengthen our cords, strengthen our stakes, increase the borders of our habitation and our effectiveness for your kingdom. Place your hand upon us for good. Keep us from evil and bless us indeed. And may we be the repairs of the breach, the restorers of paths to dwell in. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody shouted as loud as you can shout and clap in that mask. Come on. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.